Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's game week. Granted, it's just a preseason game and just the first preseason game, but it is game week for the Tennessee Titans as they uh, prepare to face the Chicago Bears on Saturday afternoon, a, a rare afternoon preseason game, no less. Uh, and and nothing, nothing gets you more excited for the regular season than knowing that uh, you get to watch a little preseason football, I think. Uh, uh, I, I don't know about all of you out there, I tend to, if football's on TV, I tend to watch it. <laughs> so I think most of you are probably the same way. So we will, uh, we will, we will look at that matchup and and all that's happened with the Titans since last we chatted on this episode of Believe in Titans podcast with the usual lineup. Former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, good day. Good day. How you doing, David? I'm doing excellent. How you doing today? I, I am doing great. And John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you, sir? Doing well. Hope you guys are too. Doing great. Doing great. Well, as as we said, the, the it, it it's Titans versus Bears on Saturday, and one thing that the uh, that the first preseason game does that I think attracts a lot of attention, probably unnecessary attention in some ways, but it uh, it, it brings the release of the first depth chart, uh, and and team officials will tell you it's an it's an unofficial depth chart but it is a depth chart nonetheless and and people will will comb through it i think you know a, a lot of it uh, a lot of it is is sort of perfunctory uh, you know certainly Ryan Tannehill's listed as the starting quarterback uh Derrick Henry is listed as the starting running back and even if guys like that were in trouble it, 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 you know we're getting some real pressure from behind maybe we're losing their jobs it would not be reflected in this uh in this first depth chart but if if you dig deep enough there are some uh there there are some nuggets to be unearthed there so John let's uh let's start with you Let, let's get archaeological on the uh on the first depth chart dig in there and and what uh what jumped out at you when you looked at this thing find a whole lot that was stunning uh certainly and and uh, that, that's to be expected um you know a couple couple things i noted of, of interest um the one the first one probably to me um uh inside linebacker uh next to um uh Alshire is uh, is not monty rice third round draft pick in 2021 uh but jack gibbons uh the undrafted free agent uh from last year um and maybe that uh, you know maybe that's not a shocker given that that jack gibbons was getting uh you know a, a solid amount of playing time last year um and even when both of those guys were healthy right near the end of the year when gibbons and rice were both healthy um i think gibbons got more snaps than he did in that in that big jacksonville game in the season finale so not completely out of left field but still you know monty rice is, is again a third round draft pick a guy that their expectations uh, surrounding and, and to see Jack Gibbons is clearly listed as the guy uh, ahead of him, you know, was, was a bit of an eye opener. Uh, another one that caught my eye um, right off was uh, at safety. You know, we, we've talked a lot about 
you know, not the, the deepest position for the, for the Titans. You know, two really good starting safeties. And then it's kind of a crapshoot uh, behind those those two starting safeties. And we saw listed here on the depth chart, uh, first guy up behind Kevin Byard, um, Elijah Molden, you know, who has played corner in his first two years, uh, slot corner uh, uh, that. Um, so, you know, there, there'd been, he, he'd played some corner, some safety during the off season and, and in training camp, there'd been talk that, that he would play some safety, but to see him listed, you know, strictly right here as, as the, uh, the backup to Kevin Byard, you know, that, that, that's, that was a little bit of a, a surprise, a little bit of a change to me. Um, and behind him, you know, behind, uh, Elijah Molden is another guy in, in a similar fashion, uh, Shy Carter, who, who is basically a guy who's played cornerback, you know, through most of his uh, NFL career, and and he again is listed as a safety um, there as well. And, and it's, you know, it's one of two things. You know, maybe it's an indication that these guys are coming along well, uh, you know, and are both versatile players. And again, as I say, probably also an indication that that's not the deepest position in the world for the Titans right now, and they're kind of having to to make do with not a lot of experience there. So those are those are two that that came to uh, to mind uh, immediately for me. Uh, yeah, it's, with, it's, uh, it's interesting with Molden too because there are eleven cornerbacks listed between the yeah. two cornerback positions on that depth chart, and Molden's nowhere to be seen there. Now, when you right. get down to the fifty-three man roster at the start of the season, you know maybe maybe he factors in there, but it you know it, it's clear, uh, I think, from this depth chart that that coaches look at him right now as a safety and and he will go into this season as a safety who can play cornerback not maybe so much a guy who can uh you know who is who is one or one or the other depending on the situation i i I think it it probably the 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 idea i think the ideal would be he's he's the second coming or maybe even a better version of what Dane Crookshank was a couple of years ago, where he was a safety who kind of did cornerback type things in coverage and whatnot. And uh, that would, that, that would seem to be the, the best case scenario for him at this point. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting as well. Denard, did you, uh, did you get a good look at the depth chart? Anything, anything catch your eye as you went through it? Well, I was a little shocked. I thought it was a typo, uh, John, but the Sean Murphy bunt and had uh, Roger McCurry, I didn't see that coming. I know that you and David have been out there in practices, but you know how high I am on Roger McCurry, even though David continues to talk about the length of his arms. That's John. That's John. Don't throw that on me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But what I I can't figure – is how in the world can one of your most consistent players on defense last year, who was one of three players to start all 17 games in 2022, what was it, became the first Titan rookie to start every game, and he finished third on the team in tackling. You talk about his eight passes defending, and not to mention that play against the Chargers. you got to be very intellectual to be able to do an alley-hoop to Kyle Lug in the end zone that game against uh, L.A. But what I'm, I'm just a little shocked, is how in the world can your one of your most consistent players, not just your cornerback, ends up second behind? And don't get me wrong, Sean Murphy Bunn, he's a he's a talented, talented cornerback, but I just I didn't see that coming. I, I, that, but, but I think, go ahead, John. I, yeah, yeah, I I I know, I know what you're you're saying uh, absolutely, Denard. I think what might be playing into that partially too is that 
maybe they're saying now, you know, Roger McCreary kind of played both last year, slot and outside. And I'm, I maybe what they're saying now is that, you know, with Sean Murphy bunting coming on, coming along, uh, you know, and so often teams now are three cornerbacks. It's almost like the base defense is, is three corners now. And so maybe Sean Murphy, excuse me, Sean Murphy bunting is your guy on the outside. And Roger McCreary is now almost solely, you know, a slot guy. So it's almost like, you know, he, he could almost, even if, if Murphy Bunting and Fulton are technically your starters on the outside, you know, my sense is, is that McCreary is, is almost a starter, you know, as the, as the slot guy too. And, and he, he may go outside uh, as well. Right. And there, and there is no slot cornerback listed on the, on this depth chart. And, and I, I, I agree. I assume if there was McCreary would be listed number one there. And, and even if, even if all he does is play slot cornerback, he's, he's probably going to get 60% of the defensive snaps or more most games. And, uh, I mean, he's going to be seeing, seeing plenty of, playing time but uh but but it is i i I agree with denard also that it that it's notable you know a guy who did so much last year it's all it's almost like he he earned the right based on what he did last year to be listed as number one right now and and it probably speaks to 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 how well and and really quietly sean murphy bunting has has gone about his business since he's been here you know that there was some talk early about his leadership and and whatnot but uh but it 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 it's not like caleb farley last year where you're breaking down every pass that came his way in training camp and oh you know he, he gave up three big ones today but yesterday he was but you know it 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 sounds like you know, Sean Murphy Bunting is just kind of a guy who's not getting noticed very much, which is a which is a good thing for a cornerback. Two things that that struck me, and similarly to to Roger McCree, and and this really isn't a surprise, but it, the way it, it's a surprise to me in terms of the way the off season started. Rashad Weaver, you know, the way he played last year, you thought I, I'm sure he went into the off season thinking. I'm a starter, but then of course, Harold Landry is healthy again and doing his thing. The Titans signed Arden key and all of a sudden, you know, Rashad Weaver is, is right back where he was. And uh, you know, that that's part of doing business in the NFL, but it's probably a little bit of frustration for him at this point uh, because after, after two years and, you know, and, and some pretty good play at times, you probably feel like it's your turn. It's your time. And, uh, you know, now he's going to have to he's going to have to pick his spots again. But the the other thing that uh, that that I find fascinating, and it uh, although not again not terribly surprising, one of the guys who's not practicing. So on the step chart, he's listed in in parentheses. But it's uh, it's our man Dylan Radens, who we we have discussed quite a bit on here, is listed at the bottom of the line at left guard and and mentioned nowhere among the tackles and uh uh similar to Elijah Molden I guess it it seems like the the thinking going into this season or you know through the off season into as as he works to get healthy and and work his way back is that he will do so 
as a guard and and not as a tackle after a, a couple years of uh, of unsuccessful attempts to to settle in at that position. So uh, you know we're we're not going to be seeing Dylan Radens against the Bears or or at any point during these this preseason but uh but when when he does get back to health and and does get into getting onto the active roster at some point uh i i think i think his it, it seems obvious his path to the field is at guard and uh it it might mean he doesn't play now we you know of course he practiced at guard a, a fair amount the last couple of years they wanted him to be well versed at at numerous positions but this might be this might effectively be a red shirt year for him where he uh he he just he just has to work at learning guard and then uh and see what he can do see what he can do next year there um those lines yeah uh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, they certainly gave us an uh, indication, you know, of, of that a little bit last year, um, you know, for, for weeks on end, none of us could really figure, you know, as much as Dennis Daly was struggling that left tackle, yeah. uh, you know, in, in place of Taylor Lewan, you know, the, the question was asked repeatedly, you know, would you consider Dylan Radens, who played left tackle in college and played it very well, you know, would you even consider you know, moving him, giving him a shot at left tackle, and they never did last year. You know, they 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 kept him uh, guard. So for whatever reason, you know, despite the fact in in that that one game that he played against San Fran, and you know he held his own in that in that game against left tackle, they've just that that appears to be cut and dried that that he is no longer uh, a man to be considered a tackle. The uh, the Titans, of course, uh, also Mike Vrabel made headlines this week in, in preparing for the Bears by saying he's gonna he's gonna step back, let the newly promoted defensive line coach slash assistant head coach Terrell Williams run things. Uh, I think uh, I think the vast majority of of people had reacted well to this. Uh, uh, Denard, is this a significant move? Do you think? I mean, how much coaching actually goes on during a during the first preseason game? How, how much? How much of a an eye opening experience do you suspect this will be for Terrell Williams on Saturday? I think I think it's exciting. I mean, if you look at his units the last two years, you're talking about the most improved unit in the National Football League has been the Titans' defensive line. He's got these guys going. I mean, you look up last year. I thought the game uh, was in Jacksonville, January the 7th last year, and everything was on the line. What was amazing is that Tennessee only gave up 19 yards of rushing, and they got gashed the last time they played in Nashville. I looked at the game against Philadelphia. The only bright spot other than Traylon Burks was the defensive line. They gave up a total of 67 yards to a really tough unit uh, in Philly. And this unit has been improving. You're talking about Jeffrey Simmons arguably being the best player. Tierra Tart is coming to his own. And Danico Autry, if he's not hurt this year, John, this can be one of the best units in the league in 2023. And a lot of that goes to Terrell. I thought he's, I mean, Terrell Williams have done a one, just an exceptional job with that defensive line. One thing you know about that Titans team, uh, David, is that when you play them, they're stingy against the run. They've been in the top five, what, the last two years in run defense. And when you have a defense or unit that's producing like that, that means they give you a great chance of winning. And I think this is great. I mean, I mean, Mike Vrabel is, this is a great move because it allows Terrell people to see 
what he's really about and see his coaching skill. And this can be a great opportunity for him, kind of the interview for coaching position next year. Because a lot yeah, of people I, are looking. I, I, I don't think it's significant in terms of, you know, people aren't going to watch this game and, and look at the decisions Terrell Williams makes in terms of clock management or, you know, there's, there's not going to be, there's not going to be bold play calls that, that, uh, you know, that are, that are, people are going to go, Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's the guy I need to coach my team. But, but I think when you look at Mike Vrabel, five years as a head coach, three playoff appearances, two division titles, one number one seed in the AFC, get to the conference championship game one time. He's on the comp- competition committee for the for the league. He, you know, he's a guy I think who has who has created quite a bit of respect for himself around the league. And and when it comes hiring time in January and, and next February, I I think there's bound to be somebody saying, huh. If Mike Vrabel really likes this guy and thinks highly enough of him, maybe I should talk to him. And then, of course, it's it's on Terrell Williams to to convince somebody to give him that job. And, and, and John, I'll ask you this: you know, he's Terrell is is not a huge personality. I don't think he, you know, he's he's not he's not super charismatic the way a, a Mike Vrabel is. He's uh, he, he's kind of soft spoken in a lot of ways. When when you look at him, when you talk to him, do you do you see head coaching sort of characteristics in him at, in, in any way that that jump out at you? I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. You know, and, and Mike Vrabel's referenced this a time or two, you know, uh, not only with Terrell Williams, but with other guys too, you know, and, and he says, you know, sort of coaching, a lot of coaching is, is your ability to get along with, with players, to make them, you know, to form relations with them, relationships with them so that they will follow you. So they will respect you. And and I think Terrell Williams is a tremendous uh, job with that. People like him, the, the players that play for him genuinely like him, genuinely respect him. Uh, and and for good reason, um, you know, I, I think we could all make the argument that that he is probably, you know, the the best assistant that Mike Vrabel has had over all these years. You know, year in and year out since since they started. You know, and I look at what he has done. You know, you can say, yeah, well, look what he's done with Jeffrey Simmons, um, which is great. You know, we've seen Simmons get better and better, but you know, Jeffrey Simmons was also a first round draft pick, so. That's to be expected. But a lot of the other guys, too, whether it's a guy like Danico Autry, who comes in after several other several years elsewhere in the league, and he has the two best years of his career here in terms of sacks. You know, I think that's another testament to, to uh, Terrell Williams. Uh, and, and then you look at, 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 like, you know, UDFA guys, Tier Tart, uh, Naquan Jones coming in, making making impacts, making the roster when they weren't necessarily expected to, you look at journeyman kind of guys like Demarcus Walker and, and Mario Edwards, who came in last year and really had kind of career years uh, or close to and, and set themselves up for good contracts. So every different type of, of talent level that comes in for Terrell Williams seems to get better uh, and, and better on his watch. So I think it's great. Like, like you said, you know, it's, it not, it's not necessarily immediately people are going to say, okay, we want to we want to hire you know we want to interview him we want to hire but it's the first step in getting that kind of exposure uh you know these kind of stories come out and and people say oh who is this Terrell Williams I want to read up a little bit about more about him I want to find out more about him what's his track record uh, and so on and that's the kind of thing I think that that eventually leads 
to to you know more interviews and and more publicity you know and and maybe the next step is is a coordinator maybe it's a defensive coordinator but uh, regardless Mike Vrabel really likes him he made him an uh, you know not, not only the uh, D line coach but he's an assistant coach now for defense assistant head coach defense so clearly taken uh, you know uh, some steps in the right direction uh, Troy Williams and 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 well deserved that he gets this sort of opportunity here and and as as we look ahead to this game, Denard, you know, give us a give, give us a quick primer. How much how much of the playbook is going to be in play? Like, like I assume on defense, it's probably what just yeah. a handful of coverages, a handful of fronts. They and they want to see these guys go and make plays in in this first game, right? And it, it'll be a similar thing on offense. Not not a ton of formations, not a ton, you know sort of base plays and and keep it simple and and go and make plays. Is is that usually the approach here? Yes, because typically preseason is for the younger players and for the players that are trying to make the squad. It's not for the veterans. Um, What you want in preseason, especially like look at Tennessee right now, you got three preseason game until they head off to the big easy in New Orleans. What you want to see the first game, let's say, if you're the offense, you're the offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly. Maybe you, you say D Hop is not going to play. Traylon Burks, you're not going to see him. Ron Tannehill is going to be working on his tan. King Henry is going to be lifting weights. What you probably want to see is your offensive line. You want to see you only got really one starter coming back, and that's Aaron Brewer, who's going to be your starting center. You want to see how they work together. Continuity builds chemistry, and, and what you need to see from this line before they go down to New Orleans. Because you want to see them kind of get some snaps early. See how they can mesh together. And then you want to also look uh, at the kicking game. Okay, Randy Bullock is gone. You know yes, how he I is. about Big Randy. You know, I love him to death. And what, I mean, I was looking at his stats. It was amazing that he hit 85% of his field goals. He, what, drilled 28 of his extra points. And now with a 38, he was 38 of 38 for inside the 40. Okay, if I might be wrong, but I mean, I read these stats correctly. But look at this. You got two new kickers. John and David, you talked about this last week. Caleb Shudak and then Trey Wolf. Who's going to replace Randy Bullock? I mean, let's not forget about Fair Randy. He won a lot of games here in Tennessee. He did. He did. He had a nice, he had a nice two year run and the uh, Titans are going to try and uh, try and go on the cheap here. On, on the subject of the offensive line, though, I want to come back to you real quickly. You know, typically, First preseason game, the the guys who do start couple series, maybe three, you know, depending on how things go and they're out. Would you almost expect with this offensive line, given the the vast remake and and the uncertainty, I mean, there's a chance this group could stay together, play the whole first half, don't you think? That's what I'm anticipating because it's a new offensive line. You got Tim Kelly, you got a new offensive coordinator. I know I give you kind of a, a little idea. Like when I went to Denver. Uh, usually that first preseason game, we got Ray Rose, who was our new defensive coordinator. And what he wanted to see from the defense, he was like, listen, you guys probably, let's say the second and third preseason game, the first game we played about a, a quarter. And then the second and third, we played about a half. And what he wanted to see is uh, before we played the Giants, he wanted that defense to mesh together. So that's what I'm anticipating is this offensive line. They might go a half. I, went, I wouldn't. Especially being the first preseason game, I see them getting a lot of work uh, against the uh, Bears. Yeah, I, I almost think. I mean, we've talked about how big this is for the two young quarterbacks, and I, I, I would suspect we'll see both quarterbacks get some reps behind what 
whatever the starting five is there and uh you know maybe maybe even alternate by quarter one plays the first one plays the second the other go back to the first one for the third and so on you know and, and john we we've talked about the the quarterback battle quite a bit uh, uh as you're as you're preparing for this game what what players two or three of them i guess what are you looking at who who's who's this important for in your eyes yeah, I, I, as you say, I think the number one storyline will will almost certainly be the that quarterback situation, um, you know, and they're and they're battling, you know, if the Titans keep three, who's number two, who's number number three, uh, you know, can Malik Willis play well enough so that that, that he is will force the Titans to keep that third quarterback uh, situation. The first thing I want to look for Malik Willis is he, uh, you know, is he going to be better at getting rid of that ball? You know, we started seeing this as far back as the preseason last year. Remember Mike Brabel actually pulled Malik Willis early from a preseason game uh, because he said he was he was tired of seeing Malik pull the ball down and, and run instead of making anticipatory throws. So are we seeing improvement there in Malik Willis? Um, you know, Will Levis, uh, what about the accuracy? Are, are we going to see accurate throws? Are we going to see him, you know, show the touch? That he's been working on, or or is everything going to be fastball, fastball? Uh, you know, which which will be which will be an issue. Uh, offensive line, as you as you mentioned, I think I'm especially interested at at right tackle. You know, I, again, I'm with you guys. I think we will certainly see that first team offensive line, and especially it's going to be important for Chris Hubbard. Um, not only has he you know only recently signed, and and now is uh, the expected starter at right tackle. This is a guy who's played a combined 80 snaps the last two years. So he needs work. You know, he needs as much work as he can overall, not to mention the fact that he is getting a crash course in a new offense, new teammates, new offensive line mates, et cetera, et cetera. So certainly those uh, are are big uh, question marks. I think defensive backs, you know, we talked about earlier here uh, today, um, the backups, both at corner and at safety, there's not a lot of experience. There aren't a lot of names there. So this is a real opportunity for some guys to make a statement and say, hey, I'm gonna, I am I want to be that third or fourth safety. I want to be that fourth or fifth cornerback. You know, there, there's opportunity here uh, to be gained. Uh, and then, um, you know, maybe two more, one on special teams, not only the kickers, but I want to see Kyle Phillips return a few punts because we saw a lot of potential in Kyle Phillips early last year, but we also saw him muff two punt returns, you know, in, in his very short um, span on the, on the field last year. And that's the kind of thing, you know, I'm still in, in the back of his mind. He's got to get through that. He's got to find out whether that confidence is still there, that he's able to return punts. So I, th- I think that's going to be important for him. Um, and I'm also looking forward. I want to see some Tajay Spears uh, at, at running back. You know, he's listed behind Hassan Haskins at number two. But I think, you know, there's more versatility for Tajay Spears. There's more upside to him. I'm eager to see what he can do both as as a running back and and coming out of the backfield, given that he'll be looked, uh, you know, people will be looking for him to catch some passes this year. Yeah, and and for me, it's it's some of the guys who have kind of been around for a while, a a year or more, have played – 
either not at all in the regular season or, or a little bit. And I'm talking about guys like Racy McMath or, or Mason Kinsey or a, or a Jaden Peavy. You know, Peavy's a guy who got uh, got some love from Mike Vrabel early in training camp. But but as as I look at these sorts of guys, you know, they every year – they're the kind of guys that you're you're trying to you're trying to bring in better players and and I think back to Denard, one of your former teammates back in the day, a guy named Spencer George who who was an undrafted running back out of Rice, hung around for three years behind Eddie George and and Rodney Thomas and uh, ultimately played 18 games in that time. He returned one punt and four kickoffs, but but was just was always around and until he wasn't. And I remember Floyd Reese saying at that point you know with guys like that you want them to come in every year and show you something more show me something that I didn't see from you last year and 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 when they stop doing that it's sort of you know his theory was then it's time to to move on from these guys and a guy like Mason Kinsey you know he's been a great story here a, a division three player uh you know ac- actually has gotten on the field a couple times he's uh you know he's a hard worker it's a, it's the ultimate underdog story but uh you know, it almost feels like he has maxed out at this point. And if he uh, if he doesn't show a little more flash, a little more uh, a little more strength, whatever it is that that the coaches particularly want to see from him, you know, this this could sort of be the end of the line for him. Uh, you know, Racy McMath's a guy with unquestionable physical ability that you know early this time a year ago we were you know he was creating buzz in training camp and uh, and had good preseason and then ultimately. You know, it didn't transfer for him, so he's got to he, he's got to find a way to be a playmaker more consistently. And uh, uh, you know, th- those are the those are the kind of guys that I, I'm going to be looking at. You know, I, I don't have a general manager's eye, of course, but it'll be uh, you know, show me something different, make me uh, make me think that they're going to have to find a spot for you. And and Donato, I want to ask you this real quickly as we as we wind down here. John referenced uh, the right tackle situation, which got a little clearer in, in, in terms of uh, the candidates to replace Nicholas Petit Frere in over the first six games when uh, when Jamarco Jones was waived late last week after uh, after two incidents and in practices. One, he gets in a fight with uh, with Jeffrey Simmons, and then the next day uh, irritates the entire defense by by throwing what was considered a dirty block going. Uh, going going down to the knees uh you know this this is this is not an undrafted rookie right this is a guy who maybe he wasn't going to be the starting right tackle in week one but I think without question this was somebody that that coaches and management thought was going to be part of the 53-man roster when the season started you know how what what message did Mike Vrabel send with that move how how important is it for you know to 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 send a, a message like that when uh, when a guy has two incidents in a row like that, uh, the message is is no one player is above the team. You know, everyone you have to you got to be accountable for your actions. You're a grown man, and the thing about Jamarco, what's disappointing, and they just signed him last year where they gave him a two year deal and a nice yeah. chunk of change, and that's what's so disappointing. We've been talking about Jamarco possibly being the starting right tackle. This is why when I, when John, when you sent this information, I thought Chris Hubbard and I'm thinking, oh, what about Jamarco Jones? And now I'm like, okay, 
I see why you're gone now and you can't do that. Not to mention a fight is okay. It, you know, a fight is okay. But when you intentionally go after a guy or you try to hurt your own teammate in training camp and David, when you haven't even uh, really started a game for Tennessee and you haven't made an impact, guess what? You're out of the door. That's the way it works. Now, if that was Jeffrey Simmons, I'm pretty sure the big man wouldn't do that. But the fact that you end up getting into a fight with the big man in the first place, is, I'm not saying that's the reason you out. But when you do something intentionally that goes against everything that Mike Vrabel believes, you're gone. Yeah, well, it, it's always sort of the, the the joke that you hear, right? Don't hurt the good players. Like, if you're Jamarco Jones, you want to fight somebody, don't fight Jeffrey Simmons. Number one, you're probably going to come out on the wrong end of that. But number two, God forbid you do do something to hurt him in that situation. I mean, that's uh, that's bad enough. And then... Uh, and, and, and then, yeah, it just it just kind of kind of went south for him from there. But uh, oh, and, conduct you know, detrimental to the team. You're gone. Yeah, yeah. and and that's you know, and, and we we said it earlier in this offseason. That's a guy Mike Vrabel has known for a long time. The, the sense was Mike Vrabel wanted him to to make this team and and do good things for the Titans, but uh, but that's not the way it worked. And uh, we will we will see how Chris Hubbard and, and everybody else does this uh, again this Saturday against Chicago, and we will be back next week to to break down everything we saw in that game. Until then, John Glennon, thanks as always. Hey, thanks, guys. Denard Walker, thank you. Thank you, David. And thanks everybody out there again for listening to Believe in Titans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.